Hi, everyone. My name is Wa. And I'm Chris, and welcome to Doggy Sweeties. We're longtime friends who discuss the riveting and sometimes trashy world of reality TV and docuseries. Yes, but through our own lens, which is often tainted with a little saltiness, a little bitterness, and uh, sometimes you can't even see our faces or our point of views. But at the end of the day, hopefully, whatever you're seeing, whatever you're hearing might be mildly sweet. Hi! <laughs> Uh, listen, if you're listening to this podcast, nothing is different for you. But if you are part of our Patreon, I do have to call out that today I am being able to record this with my dear friend Wa while I'm in Edinburgh, Scotland, which I now realize is how you have to say Edinburgh. You just kind of stop it after that. You don't say Edinburgh, which is what you want to say for American, but you don't say it. Um, and it's great having a time of my life, but I don't have the greatest Wi-Fi. And so... If you are watching on Patreon, you're just going to watch Wa's lovely face. And you'll see my icon. Hi. <laughs> my super relaxed face and body. Like, I am like, listen, I came, I came, I'm here. Okay? So, uh, so love it. So, what we're talking about today is Love After Lockup, Life After Lockup, episode 14, Most Wanted. And I have to say that I got up at 4.45 this morning to watch this show. I don't know what happened. I was like moving about having some tequila last night. And then I went to sleep and woke up the hottest I've ever been. And the air conditioning had shut off. So I was up from 2.45 to legitimately 5 a.m. Just moving about the cabin doing things. So I'm a little off my kilter. Um, oh, kilt. Chris is in, our, uh, in Scotland. Oh, it all comes back around, honey. <laughs> it's such a small world. Um, but yeah, we are excited to talk about this episode. I thought it was a great episode. And there was a lot of fun things I can't wait to talk about. I wish that Juan and I were watching it together. Because at one point, and I'm sure Juan knows what I'm about to say once I say it, we see two people do an activity together that Juan and I have done together. And it was like one of the times of our lives. And so when this scene happens and this activity happens i was like god damn it what i should be able to see was face right now we should be able to scream and grab each other and um all will be revealed actually who cares it was the axe flowing axe throwing scene right yes <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yes it was um so if you guys notice there's a little delay chris is eight hours ahead and we're on this streaming service and sometimes we can jump over each other so we're trying our best to give each other space so if you feel our sound or hear a delay sound a delay i said that uh, that's what's going on. So, I mean, speaking of axe throwing, do you just want to jump into pups and ams? Yeah, I do. Pups and ams, honey. There they are. Okay. So we start off their uh, segment with, I mean, something that we talked about last episode, right, Chris? It's the matching outfits between Eric and and Puppy. I know. He got those coats made. Those jackets had to have been made by someone. I mean right? I honestly think they're dangerous. Like every time I saw those spikes on her shoulders, I was like, this is dangerous. And like, I mean, strategically, there's no spikes on the back, but what about their car seats? Like what, you know, I, I'm just worried. This feels dangerous. I get that. You know how there's like spikes on wheels for big rigs? And I'm always thinking like, are those spikes there? Because those big rigs are literally like, get near me and I will like rip apart your wheels. It's so grease lightning. It's very aggressive. It's very violent, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with you. Uh, it is aggressive. I don't know. I don't know if I want to say violent, but I always imagine that these truck drivers are like, you know, got things happening to them on these lonely roads, you know? So like maybe when they're driving down like a lonely Idaho road where there's no one from miles and there's like an animal that runs up, like the wolves are chasing them. And so they need the spikes to stop the, the wolves and other plane animals <laughs> from attacking them. <laughs> I love, that's what you think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're always just like, you know, traversing America through the safari to deliver the goods from coast to coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the lions, all the tigers, they, they just attack them on Route 66, honey. Now we all know Route 66 is basically, I mean, you know, the African plains. It's very Lion King. Yeah, definitely. Um, so they are going to a 
not a therapist. What's that person called that tells you what to do? Uh, a lawyer. So they're going to a lawyer to <laughs> to um, figure out Eric's divorce situation. And Michelle, as I mean, this this lawyer calls puppy Michelle. I mean, we, we used her government name a lot in this episode. So puppy AK Michelle is like, I just want to make sure that this the ball is rolling and this is like a physical thing that's happening. And, you know, and I want Eric to let her go. And I'm just like, puppy is just like, a southern bell she's got a southern bell voice you know yeah no for sure uh she of course <laughs> oops friends uh she of course really wants eric to be in a hundred percent in love with her and be like i can't wait to take you away and marry you you're the love of my life and i love you so much i'm so very warm i'm very i'm gonna very affectionate towards you puppy because it's i can't help but my love from you it's as if she constantly wants this from someone who she like i don't know hasn't met because we've met eric now and he is like Eric's on his last leg. I can't even say legs. I mean, and we learned something. Yeah. What did we learn in this divorce segment? So she's like, Eric, do you still love Heather? And uh, she's he's been married to Heather for, is that her name? Heather. Yeah. He's been married yeah. to Heather for eight years. And he says that when he was with her, that he had some health problems. And mm. I said, oh, you're, so you're still having health problems because, sir, you are not well. You are not mm -hmm. doing better. So I would like to know what that health thing was. And he feels like divorce is a life altering decision. So he yeah, has Jared? fully been with puppy for two years, but him actually getting a divorce is a life altering decision. Uh, I feel he, so this is basically what happens. He is sitting there and they're like, well, how much is it going to be? And you know, the nice lawyer is like 6,500 and he's like, well, I gotta do it. I guess his whole demeanor during this scene is very much like a toddler or no, sorry, like a fourth grader that's being taken to the dentist for the first time. And that kid hates every second and is like, there but it's been promised that like he'll get a happy meal afterward but he's not happy to be there and she feels it so she constantly is like are you sure you want to do this but are you sure you want to do this but like am i just do making you do this and you don't want to do it and he has to and he never is like don't worry puppy slash michelle i really want this from you and i really can't wait to marry you and show the world how much i love you he's very much like yeah yeah i mean i guess i miss what i'm doing <laughs> and then he tells her that it's degrading that she asks him if he still is in love with Heather. And she's like, no, it's not degrading. What's degrading is me hanging on to you for two years to somebody who doesn't love me. Like, I just need to know. I want to hear. I don't believe you. And I said, does this man not know what the word degrading means? Like, he, he's just, like, trying to gaslight her and trying to throw out words to, like, get her off the trail. And he's using the wrong words. And she is... Very much like no, it's it's actually not degrading for me to ask you if you love your your wife. It's not degrading for me to ask you if you love your wife. Yeah. So the next scene that we have is the axe throwing scene. So we finally meet TC, and I am just very interested, always interested in the type of man who who falls for Amber, and not to say that Amber isn't a baddie. Amber is just giving off very masculine baddie vibes. Like she'll she'll have her nails done and she'll wear a wedged boot or she'll wear like a little thick two inch, you know, <laughs> secure heel, right? But it's there's nothing else about her that gives off femme to me. So mm -mm. I'm always interested in the man because I feel like I do my best to be feminine, to draw men in because I feel like I'm rather masculine. And now I've found a more masculine woman than me. And she seems to just move from man to man, Chris. I know sometimes, and this is because I'm 5'8", and so are you. I wonder if sometimes if you are just a petite female, you read as more fem feminine feminine and you and even though if your whole demeanor and your whole vibe is like you know mask uh but first of all there's so many tcs in the show and i'm like what does tc stand for like toby christopher is it there's one is it terrell cupid is it uh thomas Cash? christopher thomas christopher 
Um, so yeah, we get to meet him. Uh, he is quote unquote, a very good guy. And we know that because he takes Amber on a very fun, active date. And that is ax throwing. Now have you guys ever ax thrown? I'll tell you right now. Obviously we have, cause we started the show talking about it. It is so fun. Like uh, you wouldn't think it'd be fun. And for, I'm going to tell you right now, if you don't know who I am, like my whole personality, you wouldn't think that I would like it. I mean, I'm not someone who's just like throwing around things. I'm like the le- least athletic person in the world. And I have like stringy, buttery arms that like have absolutely no strength to be had. I can barely do, I mean, I can barely pick up a cup, but throwing axes at a wood, wooden wall is thrilling and very fun and they have small ones that almost make you feel like a spy go ahead wa here's the truth chris really enjoys it because she's good at it i am terrible i it 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 masters me i don't i went once and she was just like throwing axes and they were landing and i was throwing axes like amber's first axe throw that was all of mine so it while it is fun it was very stressful for me because i wasn't good at it and i don't like to do things i'm not good at so that's what i learned about myself on that trip but Mm -hmm. i would absolutely do it again only to get better at it and be good um but yeah so amber and t uh amber and thomas christopher that's what i decided (laughs) what tc stands for amber and thomas christopher um are talking about how they met and they met at a concert and he put his hand out and she put her hand in. He told her and that she says that he's one of the most genuine people that she's ever met. And he's never been addicted. He has never been to prison. So he's definitely outside of her wheelhouse. And it looks like she's communicated to him all of her stuff because she talks about how she was doing drugs and like running the streets and being a meth queen and um, you know, making lots of money from it and so he's like yeah i know all i want to do is retire on a cattle farm with kids around me and he asks her if she wants to have kids and i thought for sure she was going to be like no not my body and she says yes i never thought of it before because i've never been in a position with somebody who i ever thought that would be a good idea and so now that i'm with you it's on the table and i said to myself you know what amber is a responsible person like as much as she's done in her life the fact that over and over again she's thought about not bringing children into this world because she wasn't ready when so many women destiny are having children willy-nilly when they know they're not stable or a good person or you know a person that should be a parent and and all those things and i really have to applaud amber for that she's she like britney to me are one of the success stories from this franchise and i will always i think like them for that what do you have to say about tc chris I mean, you know, it's so funny because they were going to like have a little like uh, competition and she was going to give that D a good B if she won. And yeah, she threw with the first axe and she was like close and it was not close at all. Like, uh, I mean, if I were at that point, I'd be like, well, here's here's a knee, honey. I'll just do it now. Um, That's all I have to really say about that, except that he is a good guy. And, you know, I kind of like their life together, but I'm really... What was interesting to me was the next scene um, because I hadn't met Puppy's mom yet. And I don't know if this is something that people have talked about before, but Puppy's mother gave me hardcore Amber vibes. Like in the sense of they talk in a very similar way. Like, and I'm not just saying like an accent, although that's there, but also the tone of their voice it's low and it's very that kind of comfort comforting low voice as well as their overall energy and i was like oh yeah no i get why puppy would be obsessed with amber you are literally just finding someone who like gives looks you know treats you like your mom does yeah i mean i never noticed that so that's a really good observation but i think what i did um what i do that that voice is smoker's voice one two um the mother has like an illness at the time at right now and and yeah but she's always she always does seem to talk to michelle as though like michelle is not her daughter and one of her just like younger friends um (laughs) and i i like that because i like the fact that puppy and her mother have that relationship and she's like mom i just want to talk to you but also this is what i want to say chris i want to say that like Puppy's mother and Puppy have gotten really good at reality TV because that whole scene was contrived, right? She didn't just roll up to her mother's house and knock on the door um, and be and her mom be like, oh, what's up, Michelle? Like they 
Like even the even the, the I know they improv that dialogue in between them and you know because the 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 way that they were speaking sounded very fake, but I was also like you know what you two you go on ahead and make this reality TV money. I always just respect that too when I can see the 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 regular people who have no acting skills like just choose to do a reality show and entertain us with their lives. There's a two sides to every coin because I see that too, and then the other side of it. I sometimes I'm like, oh, these producers just got people that they're just like taking advantage of. Mm, okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I can see it's that. Cool. But I think in this case, that was like, it was, I, I see what you're saying. But in this case, I, I didn't feel it as much as sometimes I have. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, so I think we're done with them. Let's mm -hmm. move on. I want to move on to a short couple. Who did we talk about for just a second? Chaz and Bronwyn, you want to just get them over with? Because what happened sure. in that segment? Oh my God. Well, I'm just like, so she um, has been on this mini vacation with Chaz and it's been, you know, somewhat delayed by his plane sitch. And so all their plans have been changed, but at the same time, she's also tried so hard to maintain the air of everything's okay in their relationship by, as well as still not have to spend one breathing intimate moment with him. And so she actually devises a great plan, which is let's go to a strip club. I'll bring you and my friends. You will have women grinding on you and those women won't be me. I think she's brilliant. <laughs> but yeah, basically, but basically they go to the strip club and um, you know, Chaz is like the biggest doofus and she and She's been, she was a stripper, so she is l telling him the lay of the land. Like, I can't dance. They get mad. Just like sit here. We'll get you a lap dance. And it looks like, you know, it looks like bargain basement strip club. It's nothing nice. And she's just like, aren't I the best life ever? Isn't this the best birthday ever? I mean, if that's your best birthday, honey, like I, what happened to your superhero five-year-old birth? But she is like body rolling on his private parts. And, and here's the thing. I have always wanted to be a stripper. I think that there's something incredibly powerful of sitting in your sexuality and the power it gives you on men. And so, you know, with the Hustlers movies and with P-Valley, I feel like you know, strippers are interesting characters. Like I can watch a stripper and or a strip theme show. Like there used to be a show on HBO that was this too. do anything. I, I would love a more reality show, which I guess is that um, Jocelyn Cabaret show on Zeus, which we've talked about for so, so many times now in the show. Anyway, wah. Um, so yeah, I thought that it was really interesting, but it was, um, I, he was like, I've never been here. And then that was weird to me. I don't know why, but it was weird to me. And I was like, are you lying? Um, I don't know. Are you, uh, It's weird. And then he's in there with her, the woman who's giving him a lap dance. And he, she's like rubbing her. It's just like, yeah, it was, it was just, it was just awkward. So they go outside, right? The friend pulls him outside. Oh yeah. Yeah. We can talk about quickly. About, did you, did you, okay. So there was, sorry, there was the red haired stripper that gave him the lap dance. And there also was a real flexible stripper, honey, that like put his, like her whole vag in his face. And he was like, oh, it's my lucky day. He is so gross. And while, yeah, he's absolutely been to a strip club before, because of course, that's why he like, he knows the stripper aesthetic. He likes the stripper aesthetic. This beta male that's in some sort of rock band has definitely spent thousands on strippers and they've gotten him drunk and then taken his card to the atm just like j-lo does and they've gotten even more money from him and every woman that has done that to that man you deserve anything you've gotten <laughs> uh but yeah he just it was just such a i don't know what to say i just it, it was bleh. it was doofus it was annoying it wasn't anything that i was like yeah and she just is like yes chance Oh, this is so sexy. And her his her friend pulls him outside and basically says, Listen, I don't think Chat Bronwyn is going with you. And so if she doesn't, would you leave her? And he's like, Yeah, I, I would. I couldn't, I couldn't do that. And the friend is like, Well, bon voyage. Like, you know, the friend, I feel like is just like being a negative Nancy, even though she said she wasn't there to like down, 
you know, to make him doubt her. He's just, she's just like, no, she's not coming. So I don't, I just want you to know that that's what's up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny because yeah, the other tr- the other friend the last episode tried so hard with like the crying works to try and be like, but we just don't want her to leave. And this friend twenty four hours later is like, look, this bitch not going. Just letting I don't know what to tell you. Letting you know. I mean, everyone is like dancing around you and telling you a bunch of lies. I'm gonna tell you right to your face. She's setting up shop here, honey. She's like doing things here. This woman is not moving to Kentucky. So wake up. Yeah, yeah. You thought. Ooh. You thought wrongsies, wrongsies. So he then drives her back and there's this moment of just like, I really want to spend time in you. And then Chaz is like, oh man, I'm so bummed. I didn't get to see my girl, you know, for longer than two hours, but I got the cabin again. And so we could go back up. And Bronwyn is like, well, we didn't have that much time together because of my schedule. And then Chaz is like, but I know you're bogged down with like your homework and school and reacclimating yourself to the outside. Like, what is she really doing, Chris? Like, her schooling is out of a workbook. She's not like writing research papers. Yeah. I think I think you're right. I think you said before it's probably that her schooling might be like GED or something. So as much as I hate to say that, yeah, like. Yeah, just, you know, tell us what the capitals that you know are, honey. Like, do you know about the wars? I mean, you know, there's, it's not, it's uh, some things at this point, since you've just been on the earth for like 20 years past the degree you should have gotten, like in high school, like, the, like might have just come up. Like, what are you really having to study? But one thing I will say, and this is something I just have to say, is she's almost basically asleep in this car, honey. I mean, like this woman, we never see this woman take anything or anything, but this woman, honey, is not sober she's asleep she's she's out i mean she i don't want to tell you i don't know about all the drugs but i will tell you that bronwyn in this scene feels like she had just smoked opium in the 1870s with like french bohemians i mean where's the pipe i mean she looks i mean like like she's opium high um yeah, he is just so badly wanting to have her do anything to come back to the cabin to just bone her for 30 minutes. And she's like, I have been blessed by the powers that be that I don't have to have sex with you right now. And so, no, I'm not. I'm not going to do it. I'm out. Yeah, she she definitely... She she definitely is on some kind of downer. And I was thinking maybe it's some kind of anxiety medication like Xanax. Um, and so maybe that's what's going on and maybe it's prescribed, but I, I just don't know. I don't, I want to know what her, her other drug of choice was. I feel like it was meth, but that being said, he sees red flags and, um, in the car is like, I love you, baby. I love you, baby. And then like kisses and it was messy kiss. And she like gets out of the car with no items in her hand and some Mm -hmm. boots and just like traipses up to her apartment. And, uh, I don't feel bad for him at all. I think he's stupid. So let's move on. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He's <laughs> a dumbest, honey. Um, here was a funny segment. Let's move on to Taylor and Chance because their segment to me, it was, it gave me like a lot of different, not necessarily emotions, but their segment to me provided just the ups and downs of what this relationship is going to be. Cause so far we've seen Chance as like the stalwart, a person who wants to come out of prison and have a better life. And he is trying to protect the children and wants to do right by Taylor and be the man that he needs to be. And then this first scene we see him in is in a, a, an Easter egg, an Easter outfit because it's Easter and he's going to meet Taylor's father for the first time. And um, it's, it's quite interesting. Chris, what are, what are your thoughts? Yeah, at first, you know, they're in the park and he's wearing the bunny outfit for like two seconds. And my thought process was like, and then he takes off the hat, the head of it, which I get it's hot. But at the same time, it's like, well, those kids now know that it's like you like they're not like, I don't know. I just feel like you ruined the magic. I don't know. Maybe some people have to like work at Disneyland for a moment because you can't get into a furry outfit without really committing. Um, 
But what ends up happening is when he meets these parents, I don't know if he's awkward or if he just doesn't understand what to do, but I'll tell you what he, what not to do, what she was, what he does. He launches into almost a comedy routine of the worst, most inappropriate jokes to tell the parents of someone you're meeting for the first time of people that you have been like sleeping with. So he basically is like, yeah, he, okay. The dad is like, what do you do for a living? LOL. And he's like, you know, part-time sex machine, part-time sex slave. And <laughs> like uh, it's man's in a full bunny gear okay full bunny outfit so it's already horrible and then uh oh he says something else oh yeah he says um you know i'm i'm uh, i'm allergic allergic to drugs yeah because every time i do drugs i end up in handcuffs (laughs) and he like laughs about it meanwhile like we all know bobby has been on drugs the entire time like drugs and also like you not having a job like all these are horrible jokes to tell someone's parents yeah, he's like, I robbed a bank. I took some Xanax and I woke up in prison. And I'm like, you didn't take Xanax and rob a bank. You you take Xanax yeah. and go to sleep and like, or you like watch TV. You don't take Xanax and rob a bank. And so like, yeah, those jokes were terrible. Like, I'm, I just found out I'm allergic to drugs. You know, every time I take drugs, I break out in handcuffs. And I was like, at first I had to rewind it because I was like, what did he just say? And then they go into this lar- this lo- this this like tirade about Bobby. These parents couldn't be more disappointed in Bobby. And I look at them and I'm like, y'all haven't done drugs. Um, okay. So, but they the way that they're talking about Bobby is like they've definitely already given up on her. And it makes chance have to defend Bobby and like lie about what's happening with Bobby because he, he he realizes that Taylor is doing so. So to me in this moment Chance became a really good partner and he backed up his wife, girlfriend, fiance and he supported her and even asked her in the middle of them going off if she was okay. And I thought that was really really great of of him to do that. I thought that it was really a, a tender and sweet moment that I appreciated from him. Um, and I was like, is the, I don't know the parents. Cause here's what the Taylor says that her parents lived with her and Bobby. And she specifically says it like that because she wants everyone to know that Bobby lived with her first. And then her parents came to live with her and then she had to pack up their stuff and kick them out because of the way that they were treating Bobby. So now I want to know what did her dad do or not do during their childhood to, have there be this like the girls against them mentality. Where's her real mother? Mm -hmm. Why were her parents living with her? Like I just had a lot of questions. And so now Mm -hmm. I'm starting to think, you know what? Taylor has got so much on her plate and she needs somebody like chance to be on her side. Truthfully. I don't know. What did you think? Uh, Yeah. I don't quite understand how she, she is the most stable person in her whole family. I mean to have, yeah, her dad and the dad stepmom come live with her begs to, wonder why between the two people that they older people why they didn't have their lives together in such a way there feels like there's trauma there's taylor you can tell hates her dad i mean there's not any love loss there yeah he did Um, something to them oh yeah and yeah he is incredibly and, and and at the same time he i feel like he knows he did and instead of dealing with the shame and responsibility he lets all of that go on to Bobby as if she's the bad one because she does drugs. Yeah. So I, it's, it's, it's really messed up. I'm going to say it's like, it's really, it's really, it's really messed up. And also what happened was her dad and stepmom end up calling child welfare services to make a service check on Taylor in Taylor's home. Right. Which is goes back to Taylor thinking that, someone could take away her kids if Bobby OD'd. I understand now that there's probably a file already and probably she's now like that file got started because my dad did what he did, you know? And I'm going to also say this, there is no great side to be on because at the same time, I don't love the idea that Taylor has three young kids running around a house with someone who is incredibly knee deep in heavy heroin addiction that so much so that this person has OD multiple times in the home with your kids. It's, it's not good. Yeah. Chance is like, Oh, I, I OD'd before. So I know it's, he's all of a sudden on Bobby's side when they're talking. So I, I mean, I did like that, but then we have this next scene with chance and 
were like, oh, okay, you are an idiot. Here, here he is. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen. So this man goes out and buys a truck because it makes him feel good. And not only does he buy the truck without talking to Taylor, he also gets rims. So he's like, oh, it's now 700 and or $800 or whatever a month that they have now in credit because he wanted a, he needed a car. A specific car because he definitely could have gotten a cheaper car, you know? Yeah. And and I just, I just, it makes me mad when that shit happens because to me, everyone's like, oh, all you need is love. And I'm like, no, all you need is healthy finances. Um, (laughs) You need healthy finances and love. And so she's trying to explain to him that like, you know, we can't take on a bunch of debt. We're doing well now because I don't have debt. And he's like, well, I, we're here and I want to take us here. And she's like, do you see us? We're not up here people. Okay. We are here people and I'm doing here people real well. So we can get here (laughs) if you go get a job and you become successful, but like, we're not going to be here. We're not going to get a better house. I have a house. It's fine. Let's fix it up. Like I have three kids to contend with and I cannot put our finances in a bind when I have got the next at least 15 years worth of taking care of children. And if Chance and her have more children, it's more kids and more mouths to feed. And I just imagine that Chance one day is going to start to make those girls get jobs at like 15. He's going to be that person because he can't make good sound financial decisions that he's going to like put the burden onto the children. Mm, interesting. Yeah, his whole demeanor is well. You know, when I was uh, when I was uh, not in prison before, I made money. The only reason why I didn't have the money is because I was so into drugs. So, like, I'm gonna make the money. He's spending money he doesn't have under the guise that is that he's going to make it. He also spends money in a such a way because he feels like everyone does. Well, everyone buys things on credit and everyone takes loans, which is another thing he says. He says that he wants to, on top of the new car, take a loan out for a wedding, which I mean, in every 90 day world and every world that I can, it's like, I think it's the dumbest idea possible, especially if it's like not someone's first marriage to spend a bunch of money that they don't have on weddings. And that's like a, it's, he, yeah, he feels as flighty and as ignorant as like, you know, a young girl who doesn't know how or yeah, a young girl who doesn't know how money works. Like this wants to keep spending like me. He him and him and I have, I guess, a similar idea of money, which is it just comes. Right. <laughs> so, like, I I mean, I, I yeah, I just think that he doesn't understand what kind of bind he's putting them in. And I know it's coming from a place of wanting to be established sooner than later and wanting to give her the things that he thinks that they and she deserves. But he has got to talk to her about the financial situations. And he's also got to not be mad at her when she's upset about it. He just needs to take it and move forward. And Mm -hmm. so that's what I say. Like it was, it was a funny scene because he was like telling stupid jokes, but then also it was a not funny scene because we were seeing, um, we were seeing him spend money that they didn't have and then try to back defend it in some way. Yeah. But also I thought it was funny when he was like, baby, I'm going to take you right to the top. I was like, Oh no, I'm sorry. Yeah. He, there's the top of what honey. Yeah. You also, Hey, the money you were making before the money, the top of the parking garage, (laughs) the money you were making before you went to prison was uh, money being made by a person who didn't have felonies. So I think the money made by a person who now has felonies might be different. Mm, speak on um, so let's move on to Sean and um, whatever in his stupid face, because it was quick and it was really just about destiny, but I don't have a picture of her. Um, and so let me quickly just like lay it out. So destiny is driving around the plotting on crashing his wedding because she feels like he owes him 50 K for miscellaneous items. Uh, And now that she's pregnant, what she actually says, she feels that it's owed her. And uh, we have a scene of his wife, Kelly, or his, his, no, not, not his wife. We have a scene of his baby mama of six, Kelly at the airport with the daughter that we have seen time and time again in this show, who has now cut her hair and is obviously going uh, through it. She just like, 
cut it. She didn't cut it and style it. She didn't cut it and color it and style it. She didn't, she just like cut it. And now it's just like shorn. And we're looking at this person wondering who, who is this? And we're looking at this person telling us that they are an adult and that they, you know, now want to let go of the past of how their father treated them when they weren't an adult, because it's not only hurting them and not him, but yet she still needed her mother to come with her to the wedding. And her mother has a gangly friend with her. Mm -hmm. And so we're just like very confused. We're also confused about her hair because I mean, Kelly always has a, a different red hued hair, but this purple takes the cake. I mean, here's the truth. It never looks good on her, but it's never a bad color. We also, of course, get a mad destiny who's like, of course, stalked the wedding, knows where the wedding is and is in a car with a GoPro and a producer being like talk, trying to lay out her case for why she's on the road, why she can just show up to the wedding because he showed up to her court date. So like same, same and why he owes her money. And I, in previous episodes, it was like, well, he owes me 10,000. Well, he owes me 15,000. And this episode's like, well, he owes me 50,000. Let's here's it is. He was going to buy me a car. Then I didn't get the car. He got, I was supposed to get a 10,000 ring. I didn't get the ring plus the clothes. Time she actually sees him at the wedding, she'll be like, One million dollars, sir. No, here's the bill. Here's I'm it's time to pay up. Uh, that, I think so. So, um, I don't understand. It's, it's right in what world are her clothes worth any amount of money? Go ahead, right? No, yeah, I it is pre preposterous to me to even think that I would drive somewhere and tell someone that they owe me thousands of dollars when they just told me they were going to give me something and then we broke up like I wouldn't be like no you were supposed to give it to me and we broke up but I'm still going to get it like I just can't imagine that that's a real thing but it's not we have producers literally setting up this whole thing something happens later on um I forgot to write in the notes that is so absolutely ridiculous that it was that I that I I have to I'll, I'll bring it up when we can well, let me see so basically just know this so yes during this segment we barely see Sean and Sarah, they have like a very brief scene. What we're seeing is all the women coming to the wedding to ruin Sean's life, right? Including his daughter, including the skinny girl, including Kelly, and then of course Destiny and Destiny's baby, which the producers are like, is there any chance that baby's Sean's? And she's like, next question. Um, but I'll let you finish this segment. Let me just tell you the thing that I hated the most. When they go to the hotel, they all go to the hotel, right? And somehow destiny is like hi can i have sean's room number and someone at the front desk is like 237 that literally cannot happen it is illegal for hotel rooms to tell anyone what room number you are in even i mean that's it's absolutely legal you cannot do it so in my mind i was like is that a production intern just pretending to stand behind that desk being like you got you have to say 237 just when she just because we want there to be a reason why destiny would know what room he's in but in real life she would never know and you know so that's the part that really took me out where i was like this is fake 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 and i can't stand it well I actually didn't see that. I don't, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't see that part, but that may, explains why she shows up at his door. Cause I thought it was a preview for next episode. Um, um, that's crazy. Yeah. You know, that can't happen at all. Um, I just was like, I was annoyed that the Kelly came when she wasn't bringing young children. Like Gracie didn't need her mother to be there. So that to me was like, okay, now this is, this is really contrived because now we're ruining Sarah's day. And I feel for Sarah because she is an innocent in this. And Sean is the villain. So I want Sean's day to be ruined, but I don't want Sarah's day to be ruined. She's pregnant. And like, then her bug eyed mother is going to come start hollering with like, what I can only imagine is like smoker's breath and like breath of somebody who like the flossing is limited. I just, I just don't want that for Sarah, you know? And so it was just like really annoying that this is now their storyline but also kind of entertaining and like fine. And then she tries to pull back and say that sex with Sean was not great. And she <gasps> says that she it. said it because she didn't want to hurt his feelings. And I, I call BS. I call BS on that because she said it twice that their sex was really good. And all of a sudden now she's like, maybe I'll just have sex with women. Girl, you need to give that baby up for adoption. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of low-key want Kelly to also be pregnant by him. I just want three pregnant women all at this wedding. 
Um, oh. Yeah, when I was, you had told me that Destiny had said that he was so good in bed, and I hated it then. And so when she, you know, declined <laughs> it now, I was actually really, really happy about it. I wish she had said more mean things, like, and his penis, I, so, I said, was so big, tiny, 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 tiny. I lied about it all, you know. But, you, but you at the same time, that baby's his, right? When she said next question, she would have been like, no, no, not, no, it's not him. He has, this baby's going to have a great dad. But no, when she said next question, I was like, that's his baby. Maybe that's why. And if it is his baby, why isn't she just coming at him with like, you only owe me $50,000 of child support, you know? That's what makes me believe that it's not true, that she's just using it as, like, drama. And also maybe because she doesn't quite know whose baby it is. But also, like... God, I just forgot my thought. Dang it. Uh, Anyway, I just... I don't know. I... You don't understand. Here's my thought. You don't know that Destiny is an absolute villain. Like, she's not a good person. At all. So even if she were to say mean things about him, she's so bad that I would be like, well, you're this. Not that she's wrong, but I would be like, okay, pot, like pot kettle. Cause she's really an awful person, Chris, like an awful, like from the core individual. And I feel like if she has a child, then she's bringing in a spawn, you know? Yeah, of course. I understand what you're saying, but she's mother Teresa compared to him. No, she's not. But okay, okay. Well, let's 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 let that be the thing. You guys, let us know if you who, who's worth Sean or Destiny. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Deontay and Lindsay. Um, and give you a little bit. So we start off this episode giving us a little bit more of what we ended with last episode. So apparently, not only did Blaine and Lindsay have a conversation in the bathroom right before they left that made Deontay uncomfortable. Blaine also gave Lindsay some boots and Lindsay was so happy about it. And Deontay was mildly like jealous and upset regarding this. So they get into the car. I remember she asked to drive and you know, then she doesn't. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, I'm real uncomfortable with you being with that Blaine dude. And she's like, what, why, why would you be uncomfortable? And he's like, you should be happy I'm concerned because that really means that I love you. And so she's like, oh, is that what that means? And I said, you know, come through therapy. Because she mm-hmm. she hears that statement and goes, oh, no, that's that's a stupid, that's a teenager's thought pattern mm-hmm. of like, oh, to, for, for me to show that he likes me, I have, I have to get him jealous. Or, you know, if, if a, a sign that somebody really wants me is them acting a fool when I talk to other people or when I have male friends. Like, no, those are red flags for somebody who's deeply insecure and won't let you be your own person. And I love that she was like, oh, is is that what that's supposed to mean? And so she's staring at him and he's like, why are you looking at me like that? And she's like, I'm, you know, I'm just looking at you. And he, he's like, are you undressing me with your eyes? And then he makes some comment about like, her group of ragtag friends and how she's better than that. And she calls him out on that too. She's like, don't do that to me. That's what Scott did. And don't try to make it seem like my friends are just like beneath that. Because you know what Scott said is that I looked like I wasn't that. But the truth is, is that I am and people are all people. So if you see me and accept me just physically based on the way I look, I'm just as rotten as they are on the inside. (laughs) No, that's not what she said, but I understood her point. And then he's like, well, don't get mad. I get tongue tied when I'm around you. I didn't mean that. And she's like, okay, but I love the fact that Lindsay is reading everybody their rights and she's not going to take any ish and you're going to treat people fair regardless. And you're going to, you know, help her out with her criminal ways, Chris. Yeah. And we get to another TC, honey. And this one's name is Travis Kaka. Uh, This one, Trevor chocolate trevor chocolate is in um being held for bond honey and as we know Lindsay really wants to get trevor chocolate out and uh, so now she has deontay who is like sweet angel deontay has never had like honey a traffic ticket you know uh in this car and she's like you're gonna go get him now you you know that deontay does not want to do it like it is his first time but he is so obsessed with Lindsay. And she's also incredibly strong-willed, honey. She runs the pants. She runs everything. That she can't, she that that he can't say no to her at all. So all he can do is be like, I never want to do this again. And then she just like is like, but what if it was me? Like she never is like, I understand this is like painful for you, and you won't ever have to do it again. She's basically like, you should do this because I want you to do it, and I want you to like do what I say. Um, so 
he, of course, has to do <laughs> has to do it. She's very she's very controlling. She's uh, she's good at her job. Um, he goes and he takes the cash and he goes inside the place, but he finds out that, you know, Trevor Chocolate has different holds in different areas. So even if it was to give him all the money, this $759 and in cash, that he would just have to stay there or go to another place and just be held there. And so also what happens is Lindsay, having told Deontay about her different warrants and how the feds are looking for her starts to like get uncomfortable kind of antsy she sees cops around and stuff like that and so he's like just come pick me up if you can't get him out like let's leave like i don't like it and so he having done his duty comes back and gets her and uh they're in the car and he's like what do you want to do now and then she says the thing that he's been waiting for the entire time which is like baby, let's just go back to your Airbnb. And he knows what that means. It means bomb chicka bow bow. Is that what it is? Not bomb. Bomb chicka bow bow. And he wants it. I mean, he has been looking at her like lustfully. He can't wait to just dive into that Southern swamp, honey. I mean, he's going to be a little alligator in there, you know? Wah. <laughs> You guys are just hearing this audio. I've had to like just run and do something. And I came back and I hear swim in that southern swamp. <laughs> no, but he just can't wait to he can't wait to boner, you know? Like he he's so excited to quote unquote, he's gonna tear that ass up. Yeah. Thunderdome. Do you think, do you think he's going to tear that ass up, Wall? Yeah, I mean, you don't you don't know Deontay. So Deontay at some point had a little fake torso of his other woman that he liked that he would put his penis in and uh, maneuver about. So he had this, like, it was like, maybe <clears throat> let me try to, it was maybe this long and it was the shape of a, a white woman's body. So it had no arms. It was just like the torso, like a, a little bitty boob situation. And then at the base of it was a hole. So it was like mm -hmm. a pocket pee. Mm -hmm. Can I say a it? Flashlight. Yeah, yeah. It's like a like a like a I can't say the P U S S word wide. It's hard for me to say it, but it's a it was a pocket P U S S Y. And he would have sex with that. So uh, because he was waiting for his girl to come out of prison. So I fully believe that he has been waiting for Lindsay and he's gonna tear that ass up, as he as he <laughs> stated. Um uh, so that's I mean, that's really what drives him to go and bond TC out personally. Uh, what mm -hmm. do we call him? To Toby Carey. I like Trevor Chocolate. You didn't like that? Trevor Chocolate. I couldn't remember which one it was. Trevor Chocolate. <laughs> or uh, what did you call him? Something caca? Uh, Travis Caca. Travis Caca. <laughs> Travis Caca. <laughs> Trevor Chocolate. So um, did I mention that she has warrants? And so the warrant, whole warrant conversation was really confusing for me because I don't understand how that works. Neither does Deontay. And it seems interesting to me that somebody who would be dating felons would know a little bit more about that situation. And also the fact that he he truly believes that he is a captain with a cape that is going to save a hoe. Like he truly feels like all of these women are going to come back, are going to come out of prison and just leave that life behind them and move into the future with him and just start making better and different choices. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Deontay, no, no, no. This person is this person who is this person and that's this person right you didn't get a britney you didn't get an amber you got a puppy you got not even a puppy you got a Lindsay. you got somebody who after six weeks went back into prison this isn't somebody who is going to come mm -hmm. out and all of a sudden make better choices no this person is is going to have to be weaned off that life and it's going to be hard for them so i think it's so interesting that he's just so shocked that she's asking this of him. And he's like, you better not ever ask me to do anything like this again. And I'm, and I feel like in her mind, her, her, her inner eyebrow just quirks and is like, <laughs> Oh baby, you don't know. Okay. You can't, you could can take the queen out the sugar, but you can't take the sugar out the queen. So, um, he goes to bond, um, Trevor, what was his name? Oh, I already said this already. So oh. let's move on to our last couple, my love. Um, just because yes, I, I went through that. Absolutely. Um, 
Our last couple is Kevin and Tiffany, honeys. Um, I'm going to open with this because I really want to talk about Kevin's bedroom decor is <laughs> red and black and baseball caps everywhere. I mean, just as if they're Picassos, just each one framed Wait, like art. They're not baseball caps, Chris. They're fitteds. <laughs> so they're fitteds. They're not baseball caps. They they are fitteds. They're 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 hats that are a very particular type of of hat. And men like Kevin and a lot of men, you you may not know them in your sphere, but I am very much aware of them. They have a hat or two for each color concept or pattern they could possibly have in their lives. So it's 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 a collection, but it's like a collection that he wears and that he will continue. It's like sneakers, you know, sneaker heads. He he yeah. he does that with hats. So like, okay, let me go on. Yeah. So he um yeah no go ahead. I was just trying to jump in. Go ahead and finish um your thought with the 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 thing with his his no, collection. I, I, you, that's all I had to say. But then you were like, it's not a baseball hat. That's why I'm confused. Oh, <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. So they're called fitteds. They're a very specific type of hat. Um, not affiliated with baseball. So that's what I was just trying to say. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are. You're right. They are in that style. They're they're not a fedora. So in that respect, you are correct. Um, so Kevin finds the note that he reads incorrectly with the undies and then calls <laughs> Tiffany to gaslight. I mean, just like fully like be Kev and just paint a different picture and make her feel like she's crazy. But Tiffany is not here for that. Tiffany is too smart. She's not Kayla. And I'm Chris, I'm going to let you talk about Kayla, but I did like Kayla's mm -hmm. hair. Uh, she's not Kayla. You're not going to sit there and say something to her and have it be crazy and wrong and then have her feed into it as though she's like, oh, no, if you're going to be weird, then like I'm going to be weird, too. And like we could just both be weirdo weirdos together separately. She's like, I need you to be honest. You know, be if you whose underwear are those? And he's like, I don't know yours. And she's like, OK, Kevin. Great. So we'll talk later because, you know, it's not me. I'm not going to blow up and get angry at you. And I'm not going to act a fool. That's somebody else you date. So we'll mm -hmm. talk later, okay? <laughs> I love it. You're right. Classy. Yeah. She was not with it. She's like, you're not going to do that. He's like, I gave you a key as to like show his sincerity. And she's like, yeah, but you probably gave other women's keys too because there's lots of underwear in your drawer. And so mm -hmm. he's like, well, no, like <laughs> just crazy. It was crazy. So anyways, so then um, production is, has a little conversation with him. And like, Kev, what are you hiding? And he's like, uh, I'm not really hiding anything. Uh, she's the one that got a problem because, you know, she's so skeptical of me and think I'm doing the most. It's because she's doing the most. So they're just two people. He's somebody who doesn't want to get played by her, but also he doesn't want to let go of Kayla and the other woman he has. So he tries to, like, make it seem like she's the wild one, especially when he's talking to Kayla. Chris, you want to talk about that? Well, basically, yeah. So at some point he leaves, right? Or he comes back to the house. So he leaves from this moment, then comes back to the house. And when he comes back to the house, parked in front of him is Kayla, honey. She is sitting there. And you're like, oh my God, how's this going to go down? He goes up to her, he like leans on the window. He's like, hey. And she, oh my God, manipulates the situation so beautifully. She, honey, rolls that window and then, hi. Hi, no, it's me, Kayla. Just wanted to maybe talk and hang out. It's like, miss you so much. I'm just like outside. Like, do you want to go inside and just like chill? He's like, well, I got a couple hours. Whatever. God bless. She's like, okay. You know, because she's like a vampire. You can't just like come in. She like gets invited. She's very fucking smart. She sits down. She doesn't even pull anything yet. He, she, he's like, do you want a drink? I want a soda or something. She's like, how about alcohol? Girl knows what she wants. He pours her a glass of red wine. She's like, cool, cool, cool. Love red wine. But how about that? Grey Goose got your girl feeling loose. And I'm wishing that I didn't wear these shoes, which is my favorite Fergie song. You guys, London Bridge is the best Fergie song of all time. And let's talk about it. Because uh, I'll tell you, Kayla loves it too. Kayla's like, I need some vodka. I need to get loose. And Kayla knows what she needs to get loose for. Because honey, the minute... And by the way, he doesn't give her vodka because he knows. The minute that red wine hits her lips, she switches. I mean, why? <laughs> you take it on. So, <clears throat> first of all, when he when she rolled down that window and he like put his like put his little body in there, his, his little ass body in there, I said, "Oh, that man smells good. He smells good, Chris." <laughs> okay, I I smelt it. It was three a.m. 
and I smelt his his cologne. Okay, he like oh god oh okay. He leaned in. So then and then okay, they get the house right. Chris is all right. Chris is all right. Okay, they get into the house and they start to drink. And he's again with the red motif because that glass is like a red wine glass. And then he goes into Mm -hmm. the freezer and pulls out a ball of ice because he's classy as fuck. If he's gonna drink his dark liquor, it's gonna be over a ball of like fancy ass ice in like a real like dark liquor cup, a glass. And so he's got the right, he's got the right stemware. You know what I'm saying? He's got the right highball glassware for all of his liquor needs. And uh, she's like, so tell me about this bitch that you got on Tinder. How the fuck is you going bleedy, bleedy, fuck, 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 motherfucking talking about me like I ain't shit. When I was over here sucking you, we be having great sex. When was the last time I seen you? And he is just like, the whole time, it's just like, Kayla, what are you talking about? She's like, fuck it in a fuck, fuck, fuck. The fuck, you got me all fucked up, motherfucker. <laughs> Dead. <laughs> dead dead and then she's like i don't understand we have really good sex and i said bitch i know you do his little ass might be able to think about all the maneuvers he might be able to do just think about how like just i mean and her listen her little body too like her little flats like natural stomach and her i I was like listen i I love a girl who can wear that fit where it's like a fitted top and it gives you a little bit of belly with your belly ring and some sweats it was always like i always felt like i could be that girl but my body's just not like that and also like my spirit like i can't be out there like my father would kill me but like what i'm saying is i am very envious of women who have that little that style and i would love to wear some sweats and jays and a little crop top one day in my life you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but, and her, I loved her hair. I just loved it. It was like kind of lavender. It was, I was, I was living. Um, but she is so ghetto and is so (laughs) obsessed with Kevin and she is exactly the opposite of Tiffany. And that's why he will always keep her around. Yep. It's (laughs) sad because you know how, if you're a female, you have all the thoughts you have all the thoughts that she has when you like someone and they're not giving the attention, like all the horrible insecure thoughts of why would he not want to be with me when I give him everything, this real good poon. And like, we have fun. We like, and I'm great. I like have a job and I'm like so hot. I'm younger than him. Like, how could he not be obsessed with me? Like, those are all the thoughts that we always have that like, and each one of us does, but honey, she is not afraid to let them all out as, as icky and cringy as it is. And it's hard because, you know, we don't want that for any of our sisters. And I don't mean to call yeah. her sister, but you know what I'm saying? Like for any of our women friends. Yeah, I actually hate her hair wah. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, okay. no, it's it's very thin. It's very stringy. I mean, it's very overbleached, you know? Oh, okay. I, I like the color. I just thought she was put together. I thought she was well put together for this segment. Um, even her style, and it's very pick me. She really wants this man to choose her, and he's mm-hmm. not gonna because he he wants he wants her, but not for his like regular regular white girlfriend. And he's like, honestly, Kayla, when's the last time we were actually in a relationship? And she was like, well, four years ago. And he was like, exactly. So like, you know, I don't want you like that. You know, I just want you to come over and act crazy and give me a little sum and then go about your business. Like, I, you know, I'm not trying to get wife you. Like, girl, get into your thick head. And then he's, she's like, I'm going to expose your little bitch ass. And I said, oh, that felt real disrespectful. The fact that she, he allows her to call him a little bitch ass and then he doesn't threaten to knock her pussy ass out. I was just like, really like, wow, he must, her vagina must be great. Her head must be amazing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, her head's amazing. His head is also literally amazingly big for his body. Um, so they have some things in common. Yeah, it. Um, I always like. I was like, well, what are you gonna expose? Like, what are you gonna? What does he have? Like, what dark secrets in that closet, honey? Like, what are you gonna say that he likes to be in polyamorous threesomes? That he is cheating <laughs> on you with? I mean, you know, with Tiffany, like things we know. I mean, but listen, if you have other secrets, we're all ears. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, you guys. So that is the end of our recap. I think that it was a really fun episode. And Chris, I'm glad that you're getting back into Love After Lockup because it really is quality trash TV, you know? Okay. Yeah, okay. I get that. Uh, <laughs> She's still skeptical. She still kind of doesn't want to watch it. <laughs> I just feel so bad. for. I feel bad for these people because I just feel like the producers are just like, hey, like, can't wait to come back and show all your drama like for money for us. And I'm like, I just don't think you're paying this, these people enough money for this. But 
that's, you know, that's between them and Matt Sharp, I guess. What do you mean? Um, Chance bought a car. He thinks that they're about to be rolling in the dough. He, in well, fact, thinks that they're about to get their own show. I know he does. <laughs> He's like, they can't get enough of my bunny suit. Yeah. <laughs> my Santa All right, kids. Routine. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, and thank you, Chris, for making the effort and taking time out of your busy schedule because I messed it up for this morning of us doing our this this live. Um, so or this recap. So we want you all to follow us on Patreon if you can. Um, you can find us on patreon.com slash docusweeties for $10 a month to get this content quick and in a hurry. Right now, um, we've got a lot of visuals about all of our uh, recaps on Patreon. And once we get enough Patreon people, we'll start to go live. Uh, Cause right now, if we did go live, there'd be like one person in the room and it'd be awkward. But so we need more people. And if you want to support us, please do so. You can also find us on our other, uh, Chris is going to talk to yeah. you guys about our uh, social stuff. And I'm going to put it on the screen right now for her to do so. Love it. So here's the thing. Of course, give us money if you want to, but if not, that's fine. If you want to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, or Facebook, you can at DocuSweeties. On TikTok, it's DocuSweeties too. We may not even have a Facebook, but for sure Instagram is there. And we're quite active, including, by the way, while I was in Scotland, because this is where I am, David of David and Annie of Vanity Fiance commented on my picture. And then I said, David, like, what if I meet a Scottish brogue? And what if I fall in love? And like, what if I have to go on my own 90 day journey? And he blessed me. He gave it. He gave me his blessing. So uh, let's see what happens. You can follow the journey on Instagram itself, uh, Docu Sweeties. Um, <laughs> it's been so fun. We love you guys so much, and uh, thank you for listening. As always, please rate us and give those five stars, baby boos, and share it amongst your fronds. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.